0: Turn back, please, to the 50th psalm that we read a few moments ago. The 50th psalm. This psalm calls all the earth before God, the mighty one. God the Lord has spoken and called the earth from the rising of the sun to its going down. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God will shine forth. From the uttermost east to the uttermost west, wherever the sun can be considered to rise to wherever it is considered to set, and you can think of anywhere that might be on the globe, and say, well, it's east to us and it's west to us. From one side of the world to the other, from its farthest reaches, God speaks. And I, I, I wonder if the, the psalm then as a whole is actually framed by the Ten Commandments, because the, the first main element of it after that introduction describes and commends acceptable worship, sets God forth as one who is utterly and entirely worthy of the praises of all his people, the uncreated God, the Lord of heaven and earth, who creates and upon whom his creation depends, who depends on none, for he himself is the eternal and unchangeable God And then the second main element in the centre of the psalm turns more to the second table of the law. And in verses 18 and 19, for example, you have these references indirectly to the second table of the Ten Commandments. And here God exposes and condemns godless living. And then with those things in mind... The psalm concludes with fearful threatenings and with gracious assurances. And it's particularly that assurance, echoing as it does other elements in the psalm, that I want to concentrate on briefly this evening. Whoever offers praise glorifies me, and to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. Whoever offers praise, glorifies me echoing verse 14 offer to god thanksgiving and pay your vows to the most high these closing assurances join together both speaking and serving this is not what we sometimes call lip service saying something that isn't matched by the life This is rather lips that express something or reflect, perhaps, everything that is taking place. This is a mouth speaking out of the heart of one who is ordering his conduct aright. Whoever offers praise glorifies me. Have you considered the fact that God takes account of the words that you speak? Do you recall what our Lord Jesus told those who are hearing him in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 36? Speaking more on the negative side, I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. God listens to what you say. He is in every place, his eye and his ear are upon the good and the wicked, the righteous and the unrighteous. And God is honoured or dishonoured by the words that proceed out of our mouths. Now that in itself is enough to make us tremble and fall on our faces before God. Probably even on the basis of this day's words alone. It matters to the God of heaven if your speech is consistently poisoned by complaint, soured by grumbling, if you cannot speak without some kind of murmuring against God. And ultimately, that's what complaining is. You're saying, in effect, especially if you're a child of God, that your Father in Heaven has not dealt with you rightly or fairly. Ultimately, we can even end up accusing God of not dealing with us in a loving way. The alternative is speech that is seasoned with thanksgiving. Now, please understand that I'm not saying that there is no space for sorrows, groans, And distresses call upon me in the day of trouble, says the psalmist. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. But I'm talking about a disposition that gives rise to speech in which genuine gratitude to the God of all grace is substantially absent or positively those who offer praise and so glorify the God of mercy and grace. What then is an offering of praise? What does it mean to offer praise to God? Again, verse 14, offer to God thanksgiving. Now this may be very specifically, at least on one level, a reference to the thank offering, that voluntary gift that an Israelite would bring to the God of heaven because of particular mercies that have been received. So you would, because of some favour in your life, you would want to express this properly to God. And one of the ways you would do it would be by bringing a thank offering. And this is the offering of praise or the offering of thanksgiving. Now it's still good and wise and right for us to express our thanks to God in such a offerings, by uh, demonstrating our gratitude to God, whether it's by some uh, particular act or or financial gift, that is well and good and an appropriate demonstration of appreciation. But in the New Testament, in addition to the works of our hands, there's an emphasis again on the labours of our lips. Therefore, says the writer to the Hebrews, coming to the end of his letter, by Christ, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. My friends, you may have empty hands, but if you've got a full heart, then you can make an offering of praise to your God. It's the sacrifice of a renewed heart to the Lord who has made us new and favoured us. And so an offering of praise, as it's described here, as it's enhanced in our understanding in Hebrews 13, 15, is going to be sincere. These are true words. There is a deliberate intent. These are not words that trip off your tongue, brothers and sisters. These are calculated considered words they are heartfelt it is not a performance there's no stage acting that is required but your soul is engaged your words made a vehicle for the affections of your heart an offering of praise will be humble because you are in essence pointing away from yourself You're not saying, look what I have done. This is no Nebuchadnezzar moment, is it? Look at great Babylon, which I have built. But rather, look at what the Lord has done for me. It's a a pointing away. To give thanks to God for mercies is in itself a confession of your need. I was in trouble. I was in distress. I was without. And God was the one who dealt with me well. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. Like that one leper of the ten, and him a Gentile, who having received the mercies of Christ came back to give thanks to the one from whom he had received those mercies. Then it's deliberate, it is directed definitely Godward. It is not a generic expression of appreciation not a sort of bland statement that things have been good, but rather an ascribing of goodness to God and a tracing back of the streams to the fountain from which they have come. An offering of praise should be consistent. Whoever offers praise glorifies me, and to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. Matthew Henry's got a beautiful little statement here. Thanksgiving is good, but thanks living is better. So you give thanks with your lips, but you live thanks in your life. There should be a correspondence between what you say in praising the Lord and how you live in his sight. Then it will be appropriate. It should be, in some measure, appropriate public not necessarily but typically there should be something that brings glory to god before others now you can bring glory to god in your private devotion you cannot even open your mouth you can speak from your soul in the presence of god you can ascribe glory to him and you can glorify god and he will be pleased with the sacrifice of your lips, but it is good for us to testify publicly of what the Lord has done for us. It is good for us to tell one another and to tell others how the Lord has dealt with us. You think even of the, the man who was sent home by the Lord Jesus I want to come with you. No, said the Lord, you go home and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion upon you use your lips to bring praise to God and then it will be voluntary now I know you've had your directions I know you've had your encouragements I know there's a particular opportunity this evening to speak in this way but this is not to be a forced offering No one should be standing here with the the congregational equivalent of an arm twisted up behind their backs. This is something that comes readily from the soul. Sometimes you can feel, you know, I've said to people this morning, I sometimes find it as hard to read these things out as you would if you were to read them. Because my soul is beating with yours. I appreciate that. And this is, a, this is a voluntary, please will you read that I want to glorify God by praising him. Not because I have to, not because this is the time of the year when we do this, not because this is a service. My friends, there's no register here. No one's ticking off to see whether or not everybody's spoken. This is an opportunity for us to testify of what God has done for us, to make an offering of praise. And such an offering can come out of joys and out of sorrows. And it may come more sweetly from your sorrows than from your joys. It can come from a place of sickness or a place of health. It sounds well on the lips of the young, it rings out loudly from the lips of the aged. Out of poverty, you can offer your praise to God. Out of wealth, you can give thanks to the most high near or far ranging across whatever travels you've made whether you've been at home or abroad you will find scope if your heart is fixed upon the Lord to bring him an offering of praise what does such an offering of praise do? it glorifies him is that not marvellous to you? How can you honour your God? How can you glorify the Lord of heaven and earth? How can you bring, as it were, a, a particular measure of delight to the heart of your heavenly Father? By offering praise. By speaking in such a way as to acknowledge and adore him. To exalt his name before others puts a smile on your father's face in heaven, the Lord God is not honored by your doubts. If God has spoken and you do not believe Him, and that comes out of your lips, that does not glorify Him. He's not honored by sinful fears where He has given you promises and assurances and you have no confidence in them and live speaking. As if God could not be counted upon. He's not honored by complaints if they bubble up constantly from our hearts through our lips, saying, in effect, see how God is dealing with me. It's not fair. It's not right. He's not good, is the implication. Still less by accusations, which sometimes can be provoked from our souls by the distresses through which we pass. God is honoured by your praises. As I say, not without sorrows, not without griefs, not without distresses, but even out of the depths we can sing to the God of our salvation. And my friends, those broken cries bring perhaps more praise to our God than the light words that can come from the lips of those who have walked in the light for a long time because that's where faith expresses its confidence in our God if I am not thankful I am not giving God his due not just the absence of complaint but lips that speak praises to my God. What do I have to praise? Well, I hope you don't need me to answer this question, but I'll sketch it out just in case. We praise God adoring his divine perfections. My friends, if there's nothing around me that I can think of for which I could praise God, and may that never be, I can look at him And say, he is still worthy of praise. Father, Son, Spirit, in all the majesty and glory of the divine perfections, if I had nothing from him, then still, as God and my God, and in saying my God, I've already got something from him, then I have reasons to praise him. Praise then adores the divine perfections. Praise celebrates the divine mercies we wonder at the favours that have been dispensed from heaven. God's open heart, open hand, strewing our way with favours. And then we acknowledge the divine government. We trace the heart and the hand of God in all his dealings with us. From the very best of them, as we account them, to the most difficult and painful. And you'll hear tonight, because I've had the privilege of looking ahead at some of these things, of people who are saying, that is where God has met with me. That is where I have seen the good hand of my God upon me. You brothers who've been at the men's meetings over the course of this year, we've been reading together through the godly man's picture by Thomas Watson. Referencing this particular verse, Watson says... Though nothing can add the least cubit to God's essential glory, yet praise exalts him in the eyes of others. Praise is a setting forth of God's honour, a lifting up of his name, a displaying the trophy of his goodness, a proclaiming his excellency, a spreading his renown, a breaking open the box of ointment, whereby the sweet savour and perfume of God's name is sent abroad into the world. Poetic, isn't it? And you can do it this evening, even in a few stumbling sentences. But you understand what Watson's saying. Nothing that we say or do this evening can add one iota of glory to the glory that is already God's. His glory is already full, perfect, complete, infinite and eternal. What we do, remember Psalm 50, is not give to God something that he lacks. But acknowledge what is his we simply exalt him in our own eyes before one another by speaking of the glory that belongs to him in his divine perfections his divine mercies and divine government and then thirdly lastly and briefly who can glorify god by such an offering Whoever brings praise. It's not your eloquence that will glorify God this evening. It's not the, the splendor of your bearing as you speak. It's not the duration of your words. It is when you come by Christ and offer by Jesus as a priest and on Jesus as an altar speaking from the reality of a renewed heart in faith of the good things that God has done for you. If you come with sincerity, heartfelt and humble, with your thoughts directed toward God, speaking out of a life of obedience to him, seeking to glorify him in your words, willingly offering a sacrifice of praise, A few broken words would suffice to honour the God of your salvation. Now I'm still not saying, therefore you have to get a few words out. I'm simply assuring you that you may feel now or at any other time, I don't have so much that I feel that I can say, and I am not sure that I can say it well. But my friend, when you offer a sacrifice of such praise, to God you glorify him he says so whoever offers offers a sacrifice of praise glorifies me says the Lord he listens he's always listening and he will be listening to us this evening you and I have an opportunity tonight perhaps later on with friends or family, perhaps in the course of the coming year, to glorify God Most High, to magnify his excellencies, to declare his wonders, to honour his government, to testify of his care. And when we do so, it is received by him, approved of him, and acknowledged by him you might say well what of me is he my god can i offer him praise how may a sinner such as i glorify a god such as he the answer is what it always has been call upon me in the day of trouble i will deliver you and you shall glorify me My friends, the path to the glory of God in your life and from your lips is to receive his mercies and to return your praises. And if you've never done it before, if you've never had scope before, if you've never had a desire for it before, but if you are now asking, could even such a one as I bring praise and glory to God? The answer is yes call on him he will deliver you he will deliver you from your sins he will deliver you from the depths of your griefs he will lift you up he will bless you he will make you his son he will bring you into his kingdom he will shepherd you on your path he will watch over you every step of your way You will look back and see mercies that you've never noticed before. You will walk ahead and discover favours that you had never previously anticipated. And you will be able to offer a sacrifice of praise which glorifies him. Begin today if you've never begun yet. And for those of us who have an opportunity tonight, let us make sure that this is not some stand-alone moment but that we cultivate a spirit that is ready to offer praise to our God and so bring glory to his great name. Amen.